Welcome to the Skin Philosophy Edit with your host, myself, Anna-Louise Kenny. I'm here to bring to you the knowledge and skills to level up your business. We are speaking to industry experts across the industry to make sure that you're getting your knowledge in skincare, equipment, ingredients, and everything else you need to make sure you have the best of your business. Hello and welcome back to the Skin Philosophy Edit with myself, Anna-Louise, and we have Candice who is Education Manager for Dermalogica. Welcome, Candice. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much. Uh, you have such a wealth of experience in the industry. You've done so much for the industry and we're delighted to have you in to talk about it. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. Basically, you've been in the industry a good while. Yes. I have. Yeah. I have. So how did you, why did you decide to get into the industry? What made you get into the industry? I think it's probably quite curious the way I came into the industry actually in the sense that uh, it started with a, an interest based on my own skin. Mm -hmm. um, I struggled with my skin. I actually hadn't had any challenges with my skin until I was about 17 or 18. Yeah. And then I developed acne and I remember for my 18th birthday my grandmother actually took me to have a treatment um, to kind of make me feel a little bit more confident about my skin. And it was quite a transformational experience. I think um, the way that the therapist just spoke to me, interacted with me, and you know, when I was leaving school, I actually was thinking about two quite diverse careers. One was to be a pharmacist, and the other was to um, become a graphic designer. So um, life is a crazy thing, and for various reasons, um, I didn't pursue either of those options, but in the end, decided to go to college um, and study as a, as a therapist. Um, and yeah, I was able to do essentially a course which was a two-year course compressed to one. Um, so it was pretty intensive, um, but it meant that at the end of it, I could came out with a whole host of international uh, qualifications. So not just my qualification from South Africa, but also I did Sodesco, I did SIPTAC. Um, and I was lucky to land a job with a skin therapist in South Africa who was one of the founding members of the South African Institute of Health and Beauty Professionals. So that that was really kind of the, the journey in. Um, and as I say, it wasn't, it was sort of a, a late, awakening if you like it wasn't something that I had had a passion for for a long time mm. it really just was that that interaction that I had with that skin therapist that had me got me thinking that this was possibly a, a space for me and do you remember what treatments she did just out of curiosity how much the industry has changed whether it has changed or realistically like you know was was it a treatment that you're still doing nowadays um it wasn't it's it's was a very simple treatment mm. i think given given that i was sort of 18 years old and probably um very very naive at the time of what could or couldn't be done uh looking back it was a pretty basic treatment but i think it was somewhat less about the treatment and more about the human interaction and mm. how she made me feel um that i think probably was the the turning point for me with that. 
so that's actually a really interesting one because I do I try and emphasize it to the students that it's not what you do but it's how someone makes you feel that's the real difference it's taking the time because a lot now in the industry is taking that time to do a proper consultation sit down talk through explain stuff to people give them advice so it is really important and like look you still remember how she made you feel so yeah it's great and it's um, it's important that people are aware of that when they're in the industry that how they are speaking to someone is how they make them feel it's an interesting one because i think you know my experience as i as i've sort of journeyed through my career is the the communication skills are actually the toughest of all the skills that we we develop as therapists i think we can hone the technical skills quite well because we're doing as long as we're engaged because that's another thing that often happens with therapists is that we become so used to what we're doing that we're autopiloting and we're not actually engaged with what we're doing so if you're not engaged you won't get better but you can hone your technical skills relatively easily because you're doing it all you know all the time but i think communication skills are much more challenging and i think not least because the way we communicate now has shifted vastly in terms of technology um, it's much easier now to text someone than to have a conversation uh, lots of people feel almost awkward picking up the phone and making a phone call mm. um, so having that kind of verbal communication and then being confronted with somebody face to face and recognizing that we have such diversity in our world and our communities that feeling like we can find the common ground and feeling like we can connect with somebody is it's not it's not an easy skill to develop and no. it does take time yeah and there is a lot with nowadays it's actually explaining something or taking time to speak longer or more is more hassle people are like short quick you know I see even communication with our team it's like one sentence of this and like you it's explain the whole thing properly so I do want to go on to because that brings us into the skin analysis with Dermalogica but before we skip ahead there so you started working in the industry and then what happened after that yeah so I I was working um in a in a this little business um so this therapist she was very reputable very well known she had huge amounts of, of skill and in and industry experience she was very well known in south africa as i say and so i was very fortunate to land a job with her but when i first started working with her she had uh, her, her business was four treatment rooms um, and there was three of us in the business uh, working hands-on um, and I think you know we worked with lots of brands we worked with Gino we worked with Matisse we worked with Maria Gallon we worked with um, Environ so there was, there was actually quite a lot of um, exposure to different brands that we were working with and she was actually approached by the Domologica team, because Domologica was relatively new in South Africa, and uh, the Domologica team wanted her to kind of experience it. She was like, oh God, we've got so many brands, I don't really need another brand. But she had, they convinced her to have a treatment, and she had a treatment, and she just fell in love with the brand, and she was like, this is, um, this is transformational, this is different, and we have to have it come hell or hot water we have to have it and actually the thing that 
has stayed with me the whole time is the transformation of that business commercially. So literally in 18 months of taking Dermalogica, I saw that business go from four treatment rooms to a nine treatment room day spa in 18 months. And it transformed the ability to retail to clients. Um, the, the level of retail sales we were doing comparative to having held all those other brands. Um, the sales from all the brands went up, but I think that also came with confidence and connection. But I think that was quite a, it was quite a profound, you know, sort of experience for me quite early on in my career to actually see the difference that making good business decisions or having the right brands or the right services in your business can actually make to the bottom line. And I think that's such an important lesson for, you know, if you're going to become an entrepreneur and open your own business or you're even what have your own business right now to really you know make sure that you're you're keeping your finger on the pulse and you are exploring and it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of what you're using now or it doesn't necessarily mean that what you're using now isn't the right thing but it is about being connected and staying attuned to what's happening around you because there may be an opportunity and it can be transformational. So I stayed at that business for just, just under four or five years. Um, and then I decided I was gonna come to London really to travel. And actually I had I had, had a little bit of, um, let's say, let's say mental health challenge with the weight of being a skin therapist. Um, I had a, a number of clients over um, sort of a year's period where I'd lost a couple of clients to cancer. Mm. I'd had a couple who had um, really, you know, difficult health concerns. I had one who went through an awful divorce and custody battle. And actually all that emotional weight really played on me. Um, and I think as a young therapist, I wasn't really equipped to be able to know what my boundaries were and how to handle that. So I decided I would actually take a sabbatical and come to London and travel. And then I got here and I was like, oh wow, uh, South African rands don't go very far, I'm gonna get a job. <laughs> and I was like, what can I do? Uh, I can be a skin therapist. So, so I basically went and got myself a part-time job um, working in a Clarence salon. And um, I worked with some lovely people, but I, I just, I knew that I, I needed more, and I think um, I had had such an affinity to the Dermalogica brand that I thought, okay, I'm just gonna be bold here and I'm just gonna pick up the phone. And I picked up the phone and I called Sally Penford, who the, was then the director of um, education. Um, she was the education manager at the time. And I just said to her, hi, I met you in South Africa at a Dermalogica conference, do you remember me? I'm really keen to work for the brand. Um, and she said, oh, okay, uh, can you send me a CV? And I said, sure, and I popped my CV in and, and she called me and I went in for an interview and I've never looked back basically, yeah. and that was 25 years ago. And so, you know, this year I'll be celebrating 25 years with Dermalogica. Wow. Um, and I have learned so much, I have journeyed so much, I've traveled around the world with my job, I've lectured everywhere, I've taught and learnt about every conceivable therapy um, and treatment imaginable. And it's been, an, it's been an immense experience because I've made amazing friends um, and connections. And I still, I still have a real passion 
for the industry and what we can achieve. So, yeah, so a little bit of a long convoluted story, but yeah, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, um, we were talking earlier about it, but I do not think I would be the therapist that I am, or I wouldn't have the education or knowledge that I have without Dermalogic at the start. So I completely understand the knowledge. And you're from the education point of view, which I really love what Dermalogic is really, I, I know what you mean by the bottom line with getting your skincare line into your clinic, because when you get in something that you know works, like you know works, there's no, you know, there's no inside, outside background. If I do this, if I don't do this, if you just give it to the client and it works. And for me, that's that's what changed the industry for me and also for you. So Dermalogica over the last few years, we've seen change quite a lot with a few different things. I know they're developing more into the advanced skin treatments. So what is the journey with Dermalogica now? What's the future? I think one of the things about Dermalogica is, is, has always been about how do we stay right at the cutting edge of what's happening in industry. And the reality is industry is changing all the time and it's changing because it has to change in response to how our world is changing. Society is changing, consumer behavior is changing, technology is changing, what we're doing. You know, we have things like global pandemics that throw all sorts of things up in the air and go, well, how do, how is society functioning now? What's important to them? Where are they, you know, where are they putting their money? What, what do they want? Um, and so to be a commercially viable business, um, you have to be relevant. And the that is where lots of uh, businesses get stuck. I mean, a good example of that is somebody like Blockbuster. You know, they were huge. Um, and then, you know, out went the, the video, uh, in came the, the DVD, um, and they were dead in the water, and streaming came, and then it was just no going back. Yeah. Um, and so I think you have to evolve. As, as businesses, you have to evolve. And so brands have to be able to walk a very fine balance between what is their legacy and what do they bring from their legacy forward that um, connects them with people, but also how do they ensure that that you're always relevant. And the industry has shifted and people are looking to this non-surgical cosmetic procedure space. They're looking into this aesthetic space and you have a lot of therapists transitioning into this space. I, I think there is a real danger that there are therapists who are still doing what they've always been doing and haven't really moved the dial on what they've been doing for 20, 30 years. Um, and for some of them, it's very scary. And I've actually had conversations with some of them to say, I'm really afraid because I think I'm no longer able to be in this space because it's so different from when I trained. And somehow we've got to help those therapists not leave because they bring such incredible um, skill to our industry and, and there's a real richness with that. But we have to help them transition and understand what clients are really looking for and what they need. And so for us at Domologica, that's a big mission. Yeah. It's a big mission for us to say, you know, we have to look at what the future of the industry is because if we don't stay relevant there is no future we will disappear um, there are lots of 
examples of that, travel agents. You know, it's quite hard to find a travel agent these days because everyone just books travel online. So how, how if you didn't transition to that online space, it's difficult to keep your little travel business around the corner in a, in a little shop front. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's where we're at in the space. And it doesn't mean that we don't think some of those other skills that come forward with us are still relevant. I think there's a lot of skills and I'm sure you'd agree, um, the human connection side of things. That's something that we as skin therapists bring to this space that a lot of medical and aesthetic practitioners don't. Yeah. And so there is a huge opportunity for us to you know, if we take our skill set up the ladder with us and expand our knowledge and we pair that alongside our human um, skills, we've got a real opportunity to win in this space and make sure that people are not eating our lunch because that's the other side of it. You know, we love what these services can do and how they can bring skin confidence. But at the same time, we also don't want to lose all our commercial opportunity to a different industry. Yeah, yeah. But it is exactly what we said at the start. It's about how we make people feel. And I think that's what the therapists have over it. And even when we're teaching, you know, when people are going on to peels or needling or anything like that, it's still like about the movement, about the touch, about how you make them feel. If you bring that, then I know that a client will way prefer that than a gauze just being wiped over their face quite quickly. Like yes. those little small things really yes. affect. So you brought Dermalogica, you, Dermalogica brought out a skin needling device as well. Yes. yes, I haven't tried it, but I've heard good reports. Yeah, I mean, we we're <coughs> in love with it. Um, you know, I think what we've tried to do is work very hard. The, the microneedling space has expanded massively. And I think what we wanted to try and do was bring an affordable device uh, into the into the space that enabled uh, perhaps smaller skincare businesses to mm. be able to access and tap into this space. Um, but we worked with hundreds of um, experts, therapists, practitioners um, to really consult on on what were the challenges with current devices on the market. What were the things that you know would make a difference? So. The big things for us is um, firstly around the way that our device is engineered ergonomically. So actually from a weight perspective, um, some devices are very top heavy because of their batteries. So actually from a from a comfort level for the therapist, you can really land up with strain injuries because you're constantly trying to counterbalance the weight to keep your keep your device flat on the skin. So I think you know we really thought about things like that. Where is the weight in the device so that it makes it much easier in the application? And then the other big difference for us with our device is, is our cartridges and what we've done with the needles. So um, with microneedling. Um, the cleanness of the perforation is everything. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we, um, our needles are actually much um, finer, they're much uh, sharper. The the distance between the needles is very calculated to reduce vacuum effect. Um, so I think we've, we've tried to look at compensatory ways in which we can really amplify the impact you get, but at the same time, create a really comfortable experience for the client. Um, and mostly, if you're, if you're microneedling with our device under, you know, 
you know, 0.5, somewhere around there, you don't actually really need um, topical anesthetic. And so, you know, so that that's also has helped to eliminate some of the issues that some people have, depending on their counsel and when they can, whether they can get access to anesthetics and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I think that's that's kind of been a really interesting journey for us because obviously devices is a is a new space for us, um, but we've had a, a lot of really positive feedback. Um, and where we're going to continue to innovate, uh, we're not looking at any other devices at the moment, but where we're looking to innovate is actually in the cartridge space. So watch okay. this space because that's where it's going to get really exciting. Yeah, because that's, <clears throat> there's, there are many, many needling devices out there, but how they penetrate the skin, 90% of them are not great. And like, I don't mind, I'm not, I'm never politically correct. I'll always put my foot in it. Um, there are very few that actually, um, that are not just vibrating in the skin, that are actually cleanly going through the skin without causing trauma. I've seen some clinics and I've had clients from some clinics that have had scarring from tears mm -hmm. because the pen is, so it, it doesn't sound important to the average person, but when you see what proper needles, you know, penetrate in the skin, what it does, what it, what it does when it's not right, and what it does when it's right, yeah. there's a huge difference. So devices yeah. are very important yeah. if you want to make a difference. Also, as well as the peels. Mm -hmm. So, I I remember from, I think it was the advanced night repair was the last, like it was the retinol. Was it the advanced, the purple one? Um, that was the retinol, or was it? Um, that was the first strong, strong product, but that was, what, 15 years ago or 20, 15 years ago. Um, so Dermalogic has moved a, lo a lot within that space. Um, so what are you doing with peels at the moment now? So at the moment, um, the peel space is an interesting one for us because we've always had... We've always had a progressive versus aggressive approach. That's always kind of our our preference because we prefer um, we prefer to graduate clients to where they want to get to, um, and also for for skin therapists, a, a lot of the time if you're going in quite hard, a lot of skin therapists don't always have the the confidence or the expertise to deal with when things go wrong. So actually, it's it's it can sometimes feel a good space to come into to a progressive peel to really feel secure about your peel skills and knowledge um, the other sort of key thing about our, our pro power peel um, is that you, you you can layer so a lot of peels are we have three peels in the lineup that are available here in the in the UK um, a lot of peels you know they are combination peels in the fact that each individual formula is a combination peel but what's kind of unique is that you can actually layer different formulas and you can mix different formulas so there's not many peels in the market that enable you to do that so it allows you to have a much greater level of customization for the client and be able to to prioritize their um their skin concerns but we're also trying to innovate in this space so actually 2024 is going to be a big year for us for peels because um we've i think we've just released it in the us but it's it's going to come a little later for us probably probably next year um because we're 
doing a medical device registration on it, so it just takes a little bit longer. Um, but we're, we've developed a new salicylic acid gel peel, mm-hmm. which is specifically targeted for acne, so inflamed acne. And because lots of peels, that, that's a core contraindication because of that fine balance with a degree of inflammation and whether you can tip those skins over the other way. But this has been specifically designed um, for those skins. Amazing. Um, and I think it will be a real game changer. Um, and then we've got some others coming, which I'm not allowed to speak about <laughs> yet, um, which I think are going to be super awesome. But they also play into the advanced space and will be for higher level qualified therapists and medi professionals. So, um, you know, just making sure that we've got the, the breadth across the line to be able to make sure that we're meeting meeting the needs um, yeah. in, in sort of all aspects. But one of the things that we've also worked quite a lot on is our, our, our sort of combination service. So using pills with microneedling, using pills in other, co- you know, in other ways with different services. Um, whether that's uh, sort of in the same service or whether that's stacking them in series, we've done a lot of work around all of that to kind of help therapists get a much better grasp when they're working with our line yeah. uh, as to h- how they can push skins um, and where they can pull back if they need to, but yeah. but also make sure that they're capitalizing on all those opportunities. Yeah, because I absolutely love combination therapy. And I find that if you go a little less with multiple technologies in one treatment, you get a much more enhanced results without actually the downtime. Yeah. So like combining like superficial peels with radiofrequency or IPL is yeah. amazing, really amazing. So it's all exciting stuff. I want to bring back um, the what was like dermalogica inside out, what is now like used everywhere with everyone, but it was dermalogica who came out with it. It was the face mapping. Now, I've done 20 years of face mapping now. So for me, I know it represents. I have heard some people saying, you know, TikTok, Instagram videos, oh, it doesn't... <laughs> Okay, explain the whole thing, that how it works, where it came from, everything like that. Yeah, so I think I think face mapping really came out of the the idea that actually to understand skins effectively, you need to to use a range of your your skills. You need to obviously be able to visually assess the skin, which is what we generally learn in college is a visual assessment. But there's also a hands-on important sensory assessment Um, and this is probably become more obvious to people now because the diversity conversation has raised um, and actually how people's skins feel um, to the touch can sometimes not necessarily uh, be the same as how they might look visually so that's an important part of trying to kind of understand someone's skin is being able to match what you feel with what you see, but also with what the client feels or experiences with their skin. So conversation is a huge part of uh, the whole face mapping experience. And it it's all about understanding that, that client and their unique skin conditions. But we use a combination of Western assessment and analysis techniques and understanding of the, the science of different skin conditions and skin types. But we combine that with uh, some Chinese philosophy and awareness of how we can see different 
sort of organs and systems and um, well-being functions in our body reflect through our skin and that plays into the part that you know it's not just what's happening on the surface of your skin you're you're a whole person and so yes there are things that are influencing your skin externally but there are equally things that are influencing your skin from the inside and so if we're going to have a a proper conversation about your skin we need to consider everything so you know whether you've been unwell whether you are um you have a particular health condition, whether you are eating certain foods, whether you sleep very well, whether you don't sleep very well, whether you exercise, what types of exercise do you do? Um, and it's all of those conversations that kind of come together to really understand you as a unique individual. Um, and then alongside that visual and sensory assessment, we can really create a, formulate a picture um, that can, that can help us in terms of how we advise you about your skin, not just in terms of product, but everything that goes alongside that in your lifestyle. Because product is not just about the ingredients that are in it. It's sometimes also about the format, the convenience, how it fits into your routine, how it fits into your life. Because no skincare is any good to you if it's sitting on your bathroom shelf and you never use it. So we've got to work out how are we gonna get the best impact for you. And then once we know all about you, we can plan our treatments and our, and our home care recommendations sort of more appropriately and provide you the right lifestyle advice. But I think probably what made face mapping stand out in the beginning is um, the conversation. So I think that was probably a real change for people when they were learning face mapping for the first time that you actually speak to your client you don't just take a magnifying lamp and go ooh, oh, ooh. <laughs> um, prod prod poke poke um, yeah. and that's very disconcerting for a client yeah um it's about making the client an active part of their skincare journey um because it's their skin and and as i say bringing that element of kind of a slightly more holistic um, and well-being approach to understanding the client's skin, not seeing the skin in isolation, but seeing the skin as a reflection of their whole body and their whole sense of health and well-being and, and where they are right now. Um, that all plays out and our skin is a mirror of everything that's going on for us. So uh, it's helpful to kind of have some of that background knowledge um, because we can really guide clients and it's not really about diagnosing issues for them, never about diagnosing issues, but perhaps helping them to see where there may be imbalance and that can help them make some shifts and changes that's helpful um to their overall health but also to their skin health yeah exactly 100 percent. because it's all about this talking to them and finding out about them definitely talking about like skincare and talking about home care there's a lot of conflicting things. One, where you're buying it from, who the ingredients are, what are the different levels, medical versus cosmeceutical versus cosmetic. What would your take be on that? And if you were a therapist, what should you be looking for if you're getting it into your salon or clinic? So I think two things for me. First is authenticity in the sense of does the brand is the brand honest about what they're representing because you're absolutely right there's a huge amount of different information out there um, and I think there needs to be a real a real clarity about what a brand is offering 
be careful of just me too um, and you know there's there's lots of me too brands and copycat brands out there and lots of and I, I don't want to undermine startups because I think you there are some incredible startup brands that have really um, that are really carving out a unique space for themselves but that authenticity comes comes through in terms of what they stand for and what they're about as a brand and I think that's important because that authenticity will dictate all the other values around the brand in terms of you know how they develop what their sustainability agenda is how they approach um, the development of their product for a for a wide or broad audience they might be nichest in what they're targeting but do they work for everybody um, in the sense of uh, across all skin diversities you know so there's there's those sorts of things that I think trying to kind of dig down and, and explore whether a brand is authentically representing what they say they're about is, is probably an important one. But the second thing for me is, what's the evidence? So does does the brand provide um, clinical tests? Do they, do they do clinicals? Do they do any kind of testing that demonstrates their efficacy? Now, of course, all product brands have to do testing. They have to test for safety, um, and they have to test to make sure that they comply from a regulatory perspective. But I think the actual result and evidence of the impact or benefit and efficacy of a brand, that's a, that's a, different, that's a different testing space. And in order to feel confident that you're getting what you think you're getting, what the brand is prepared to share around that efficacy and testing is is kind of useful, particularly if you're a therapist and you're trying to differentiate, um, you know, what a, a brand can give you or do or help you achieve yeah. your results. Because with the testing, so say, for example, you take an ingredient like vitamin C. So vitamin C will be proven to this, that and the other. But vitamin C within this formula, in this percentage, in this type of vitamin C, in this storage bottle, what does that actually lead to? Because that is the thing. I can say, you know, we have vitamin C and vitamin C will do this, this and this. But that's the results of the ingredients that's been proven. What's the proven results of the product at the end in that formula? That's the big difference. Because you can say, you know, like it's the same as they put like SPF 15 in makeup. 15 before it goes in, okay, and then it gets diluted. And then, do you know, it's it's like, how strong is it at the end? At, at how, what type of results? So it is quite important with it. I do think there is a lot of Me Too brands. Like, it's crazy out there at the moment. It's a confusing space. Yeah. And I look at it and I can recognize the white label companies. But then there are really ones that is just repeating the same formulas, but it doesn't even look like it at all, but you can see it's just basically the same formulas be being petered out on different skincare lines. So like it is really important, like you said, the authenticity. I do think there's a lot around the, you know, cosmetic, something strong, you know, the likes of the ordinary compared to something like that, the percentages in that. But again, it's the same thing looking at the end result of the product at it. Uh, so with Dermalogica now and yourself, you've 25 years. So what do you think your plans will be like within the company? Do you think another 25 years? How do you think pushing the education in different 
areas or spaces or what would you like what what are your goals interesting question uh twin another 25 years goodness <laughs> me uh, they'll really be wheeling me out in a, in a wheelbarrow then um i think i think you know as it stands right as it stands right now i think what i'm super excited always about is how we're evolving our our education um and our education space so you know over the last year or couple of years we, we've been exploring you know how we connect better in the digital space, how we use digital technology. So I'm, I'm not sure if you um, have seen much around um, our MetaHuman. Um, so we have no. developed uh, MetaHuman technology that allows us to demonstrate skin change so that you can see um, the impact. So it, it uses um, sort of, it's a bit, it's a bit like, um, it, it looks a bit like gaming graphics, if you mm -hmm. like, but it allows us to take technical data um, and and feed that in, and then be able to sort of demonstrate um, how a skin may look or change or show uh, oh, wow. particular signs and symptoms based on certain influencing factors. So we use that in some of our our, our training to help really visualize, and I think that's kind of a key thing because when something's written in paper in black and white words sometimes it's quite difficult to translate that into what the actual visual change looks like um, so that's quite useful um, i think we're exploring a lot right now around ai so we've just released our latest uh, book version of the book which is our sort of training manual um, it's a charged by uh, chat gpt um and so you can basically type in any question um and it will come back to you with, wow. with an answer um so we're trying to look at how we make education more accessible and more interesting and more engaging through technology um but at the same time you're never you know you're never really you're never going to commoditize the human experience and so I think that that still main, remains a massive focus for us is what are we doing in the treatment space to game change? So for right now, um, I'm, I don't know what the life is beyond Dermalogica because <laughs> I'm pretty engaged with what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, but I suppose sort of in the, the things that I'm super passionate about are I'm, I'm super passionate about education and skills development. So I do a lot of work kind of voluntary work outside of Domologica. I'm obviously at impacts and we leverage some of Domologica's resources to support us with that, but I'm on the Council for City and Guilds. Um, I'm also on the Industry Advisory Board, but the Council's sort of more looking at, you know, City and Guilds as a wider organization, skills development, what is happening in that space um, of vocational skills training. Um, I'm also part of the Employer Steering Group for the Beauty Professionals, um, beauty, well-being, aesthetics, professionals, um, employer steering for the development of apprenticeship standards. So I'm, I'm super engaged with what's happening in the skills development space. That, that's really a key area of interest for me. Um, how do we make sure that we have the right skills framework to facilitate us as an industry? Um, and make sure that our industry has strong talent prospects. Um, we can't attract great talent if we don't have a skills framework that 
is engaging you know for a lot of people this industry is a default industry yeah. or it's you know it it suffers from some reputational issues yeah. um and you know I really hope we can we can change it. I think it is changing. It's definitely changing, but I think we need to change it right down at the the root core. Um, you know, and I, I I've I've actually become a STEM ambassador because I do think that there's an awful lot of science in what we do, um, and I I really hope to be able to bring that to, you know, kids in secondary school to say, hey, this this is a if you're into STEM and, you know, we need loads of those people in our industry, whether you choose to take a vocational career with us or you choose to become a cosmetic scientist or you choose to become an engineer developing our next microneedling machine, you, you know, we need those skills um, and we need people to see our industry as a viable, attractive place. It's very dynamic, it's very vibrant and it's growing. Um, and so from a from a long-term career's prospects point of view, it's it's a good space to be. So for me, that's probably my my sort of real passion point drivers. Um, yeah, because you are a very passionate person about the industry. I know during lockdown, you've done a lot for the industry. So the charity for domestic abuse, you partnered with it during it because during lockdown, they were saying that the, the percentages went up in in being stuck at home mm -hmm. husband mm -hmm. and stuck indoors and that that's awful sad yeah. to hear yeah. and you decided to partner up or dermalogica decided to partner up that must be so satisfying as well to yeah, do absolutely i mean I, I, I at the moment uh, part of my role actually looks at um sort of caretaking our our charity partnerships and we have sort of three main partnerships. Uh, so we work with Shearhaven, uh, which is the uh, anti-domestic violence charity, um, and they do a, a fantastic training course for therapists. It's completely free of charge, and it, it enables you to be able to recognize the signs, not just physical abuse, but also uh, mental and emotional yeah. abuse. Um, and, and know how to navigate what can sometimes be very difficult conversations uh, without without presenting yourself as, as perhaps being, you know, a counselor or a solution that may prevent somebody from getting the right sort of help. But it, it also helps us to, to signpost. So Shearhaven yeah. is, is, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, we sort of joined that partnership kind of in the lockdown periods and um, it felt like a really neat fit in yeah. terms of, the importance of that relationship that ha therapists have with their clients and there was a real opportunity to make sure that clients know that this is a safe space and therapists can be well equipped um, and then of course we work with skin which yeah. is the the skin cancer charity um, we've worked with them for several years um, again skin health a really great fit and they do incredible training there uh, melanoma and skin cancer early detection training is fantastic um, so we do a lot of uh, subsidizing and funded um, places on their training for our skin therapists um, and we we do lots of other kind of awareness based campaigns for them and then we work with a, a really local um, organization that's based in Leatherhead where our head offices are called uh, the Link Center 2030 um, and they're about helping young people who have um, perhaps come from disadvantaged backgrounds, but perhaps also have just fallen off 
the education wagon and have not found themselves in employment um, and look to try and open up career opportunities, skills opportunities for them um, and reconnect them to the world of education and the world of work. So we do um, a bit of work with them and with secondary schools and that kind of stuff. So those are sort of our th sort of three core charities in the UK um, that we, an island that we work with. Um, but yeah, we, we, we're quite passionate about, you know, sort of s making sure that everything feels quite purposeful in mm. what we do um and i for certainly for me that's a big driver um you know can we can we have a an, a future of our industry well that relies on a lot of things that yeah. relies on us having new talent it relies on us having great expertise that customers trust it relies on us being relevant to customers um so i think all of those different things kind of come together um, and hopefully that's where Domologica sits in the space. And, yeah. and as I say, for now, that feels like a, you know, still yeah. a very, you know, kind of engaged space for me um, yeah. as a as a skin therapist professional and, and also as a as someone passionate about education and skills. Yeah, I love that the, you're so passionate about the industry and wanting to help. I do think the industry, it has become a little less like, oh, you're a beauty therapist and more a little bit like, oh, you know about skin. There's a little, it's especially, especially in the UK, I find it's really come up a bit. And it's so nice to hear you know how much someone wants to support the industry especially when you've so much experience you've built up yourself so much that you're still like no i want to give back and improve the industry and it's really nice so thank you so much candice for coming in and sharing all of this it's been such fun <laughs> i love to talk as you can see so yeah. it's all good yeah there's two of us <laughs> in it okay thank you so much anyways and um it was very informative thank you thank you <laughs>